Welcome to Reflections from the Heart, presented by Stewardship, a Mission of Faith. Reflections from the Heart is an outreach of Gospel Reflection, a family ministry of Stewardship, a Mission of Faith. For the next 30 minutes, please join us as we break open the bread of life in the Gospel reading for this Sunday's Mass, as we invite the same Holy Spirit who inspired the biblical writers to inspire us today. And now, here is your host with Reflections from the Heart. Hello and welcome to Reflections from the Heart. My name is Rob Longo with Stewardship and Mission of Faith, and I'm here today with Tom DeAngelis. Tom, how you doing, brother? Good, Rob. Uh, so good to So good to be here. It's been... Uh, it's an amazing gift these last days, having this extra extra taste of summer. So thank you, Lord, for those gifts. And it's a gift to be here with you, Tom, and with everyone listening. So welcome back to those who are uh, regular listeners to Reflections from the Heart, and welcome to our first-time listeners. So if you don't know what you've, uh, what you've come across, Reflections from the Heart is a gospel reflection. And what that means is we're going to look at the gospel for this coming Sunday. We'll read it, and then we'll just let the Holy Spirit drive from there to to play some things on our heart here in the studio, and Tom and I will share. And as you're listening, just pay attention to some words or phrases, because uh, God wants to speak to you too today. He has, he has a call for you in your life, a mission that he wants you to be on that only you could accomplish uh, with his grace. So let's, uh, let's pray. Let's lead, let's lead in this with prayer. In the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for this, this day. Thank you for the gift of this moment. Thank you for your love. Thank you for the gift of your word. Lord, you sent St. Jerome to us, uh, who reminds us ignorance of scripture is ignorance of, of you, Lord. So please help us to dive in today to your word. Help us to live the gospel in our lives. Help us to, to seek the gospel and, and, and the entirety of sacred scripture to, to mold us, to guide us. As we pause today to look at the gospel for this coming Sunday, please. Prepare our hearts to receive now what you want to give us, and then prepare us to have an experience of you at Mass like we've never had, that we grow closer to you than we've ever been, and we have more courage to leave this radio show and Mass on Sunday on fire to spread your word, your love, your truth. And we pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father, Son, Son Holy, Holy Spirit. Spirit. Amen. Amen. Tom, would you like to read the gospel for sure. us? Sure. Again, it's uh, Gospel of Luke, chapter 17, verses 5 to 10. The apostles said to the Lord, increase our faith. The Lord replied, if you have faith the size of a mustard seed, you would say to this mulberry tree, be uprooted and planted in the sea, and it would obey you. Who among you would say to your servant, who has just come in from plowing or tending sheep in the field, come here immediately and take your place at table? Would he not rather say to him, prepare something for me to eat, put on your apron and wait on me while I eat and drink. You may eat and drink when I'm finished. Is he grateful to the servant because he did what was commanded? So should it be with you? When you have done all you have been commanded, say, we are unprofitable servants. We have done what we were obliged to do. The gospel of the Lord. Praise Praise to you, Lord Lord Jesus Christ. Christ. Increase our faith. Oh, man. Uh, have you ever seen a mustard seed? I have. They're tiny. Yeah, right after Vatican II, when I was in high school, 
that became a big deal was bringing things in, to, you know, to kind of make the gospel real. So we always had these little packets of mustard seeds that were passed around. And, you know, I, I was I was surprised. I mean, they look they look a little bit like small grass seed. And it's then, tiny. And then the, the pictures of the trees that we saw, you know, they're big. They grow up kind of like a shrub, but if they're, they're there for years and years and years, they actually get tree size, you know, small tree size, but they're still big enough that you wouldn't just pick one up you know, out of the ground and throw it in the sea yourself. So, when you were reading that, I was thinking of uh, you know the, the fast food restaurants, super, you know, super size. Like just oh yeah, <laughs> increase our faith. Give me the super size version yeah. of of faith, Lord. And he's just gently calming us down, saying, "No, it's not about you." You know, and and, and for me, yeah. it's like okay, if, I, if I have more, I'll be able to, you know, then I'll be okay. And he's like, "No, you just need to have the faith and then the trust that mm-hmm. I got it." that I need you to move, I need you to take action, I need you to trust me, but work with the faith that you have and, and trust mm-hmm. that I'm going to do great things through that. That's a, that's a reassuring message. Yeah, we had some interesting, earlier in the week in our gospel reflection, uh, our live group, if you will, uh, we had some interesting um, takes on this, perceptions on this first part. And one was that, um, that the apostles were asking uh, Jesus to increase their faith because they they didn't they knew they couldn't do what he was doing and they wanted to kind of know you know because he because he always would say uh, you know especially in in Luke's gospel he would say go your way your faith has saved you so it's kind of like how can we do what you're doing or how can we be like you and uh, so that was that was one thing and it was like they didn't really have the kind of faith that could produce these kinds of results um, the other thing that I thought was an interesting take was. Um, was this whole idea that there's really something more. I mean, Jesus kind of uses an, an outrageous example here. Like somebody would, would pray with a deep faith, and why, like why would they want to uproot him? You know, Jesus never did anything like that. He never rained down fire from heaven or, you know, blew up somebody's ship because they were nasty. To, you know, it, it, it wasn't that kind of thing, but it's just, it was one of those things like where he said, if your right hand you know, uh, is is prone to sin, cut it off. If your if your eye is is uh, prone to sin, pluck it out. It's an exaggeration to make the point, but I do think the thing that that was brought up that, that I really took to heart was faith needs to be something more than just a mental or an emotional um, wish. You know, like we walk to the tree and we say, you know, just visualize it or just really think, and then it's supposed to happen magically. You know, it's it's kind of like we we have faith that it can get done, and then we figure out, for example, do we inspire people to help us to move the tree, to move the tree or to take it out and put? If if that's your your task, it's not a very logical one, but to pull the tree up and put it in the ocean, do we ask? Do we find some people and inspire them? Do we have the kind of belief and confidence that people would follow us, or do we go take steps to do that ourselves? Because one of the things I think that we've run into. A lot in the church, and you, you talk about, you know, praying for the fire of evangelization that people will leave mass and go out. A lot of us leave mass, and I put myself in that category most days. We leave mass, and it's like, okay, I got to go to work, or I got to, you know, it's a Sunday, I got to go visit the relatives, or something. You know, it's not. We don't leave with that fire to evangelize. We don't leave with the person of Christ inside of us. So, it's more like if you if you even had a little bit of faith you'd recognize that this isn't about just wishing. The real faith is when the result happens. You know, when that tree is in the ocean, however it got there, then the faith came to fruition. When you've brought people to Christ, 
then the faith has come to fruition. But just wishing it and hoping it and praying for it and you know wanting it emotionally or wanting it, visualizing it mentally isn't the thing that's going to do it. That has to translate into, I mean, I'm not saying those things aren't important, but I think it has to translate into some kind of action that's going to produce the result. Like I said, either inspiring other people or go rent a backhoe, do it, your, you know, do it yourself and get it, get it done. We oftentimes forget that the kind of faith that Jesus talked about was going out to people and, and touching them and affecting them and making a difference in their life. But most of us won't do that because why? Because according to this, we don't have faith even the size of a mustard seed because we don't because we don't produce those results. And I put myself in that category too. I should have by this time in my life, I probably should have brought a lot more people to Christ than I have. Yeah, today today's a yeah. new day, right? Today's a new right, day. We right, could, right. We could uh, we can start fresh. And the, the when I looked at the word uprooted, and as you were just sharing, Tom, I was thinking is. Is the Lord trying to get us to look at you know, what's the? I wrote down what is the mulberry tree in my life that has taken root? Is it? That, is it, is it that's a, a good way to look sin? at it too. Yeah. Is it a habit? Is it? Mm-hmm. You know, what is it? You know, is it my procrastination? Is it laziness? You know, what what has taken root? And I think of Jesus's message to Saint Faustina when he appeared to. Faustina in the 1930s in Poland mm-hmm. and she was in the chapel adoring our Lord and then he shows up and speaks to her and, and we have this beautiful teaching of mercy divine mercy you know, her diaries available for us to, to read and the image of divine right, mercy right. is available for us to, to be reminded and on the bottom Jesus I trust in you right faith is, mm-hmm. is all about trust as well um, but he describes his mercy like an ocean and, right. I, and and as you were sharing, as you're reading the gospel, and then just sharing now, I was, I was thinking of that, like what what is it? And I just need to pray into this and, and let the Lord shed the light. Like what needs to be uprooted? And then I'm looking at this planet in the sea, just mm-hmm. dumped in the sea of His mercy. Yeah, yeah, right. That's a good and, way to uh, look at it. Yeah. And then with that obstacle out of the way, then you know my faith can grow. Uh, I can go out and through His through His grace. Do more for for the kingdom. Um, so we all have some stuff that that's yeah. pretty deep, and yeah. and the roots are 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 in there, and they're right. right? So you know what, what? So please, please, Holy Spirit, reveal to me, and if anybody wants to jump in on this prayer, re- reveal to us, um, you know what what is that mulberry tree that through His grace can be uprooted, and then just let's let's mm-hmm. throw it into the sea of His mercy. Yeah, and you know, uh, I think that's a that's a deeper and a, a very complementary interpretation based on, you know, what, what I laid out initially. Again, what came out of our gospel reflection earlier in the week, which is that you know that perception of you know there's a there's a mulberry tree in my life that really needs to be uprooted. But again, it goes back to how will you do that? Like wishful thinking, just hoping that it'll happen. It could be a bad habit. It could be a vice of some sort. It could be, you know, an addiction. It could be some sort of problem in your, it could be a bad habit. You know, those things we confess over and over again that just keep coming back and we can't seem to get rid of them. You know, and again, are we getting the result? At some point, I think this is what Jesus is saying is, if you're not getting the result from your faith, then it's not even the size of a mustard seed. If you had faith the size of a mustard seed, if you had any faith, real faith at all, you could get rid of that. That that would be something. And I shouldn't say you could get rid of it. Mm. 
God's grace can get rid of it, but you have to have that faith, you know. So I think they're they actually complement each other in a way because that's that's uh, you know again just wishing that that thing was out of your life is one thing, but taking steps, um, reorienting your life, not stopping off at the bar, you know, on the way home from work because now it's become you know a bad habit uh, or you know whatever whatever the, the the sin or the vice or the or the the habit is that you that you're wrestling with i think being able to wishing that that would happen is one thing but having the faith that in, in god's grace it can happen you know that's that's another thing and i think that's the grace of confession too cuz many times i've wrestled with problems and gone and you know confessed them for 2 months 3 months 4 months at a time over and over again and then next thing you know they're gone but there's a, there's work there, you know. There's there's a recognition. There's a constant. What do I have to do? What can I do differently? What can I do better? How can I, you know? Why does this thing keep coming back? There's there's a practice there. I guess I should say, which is, which is part of what the sacraments inspire. And you you talk about the grace, you know, the grace of God. I think that's those are gifts, you know. If we if we have that practice in our life, we've cultivated it because we believe it will work. You know, like an athlete has a certain routine that they follow, uh, and, they, and maybe they've got it from a, a, a better athlete, a professional athlete, or somebody that's come before them, but they have a practice that works for them, and it produces results. And if, if there's something better, they're ready to make a move, you know, to do that. So, now, We've been speaking a lot about the, just the first yeah. couple yeah. lines. This, this next little section of Scripture is talking about the servant coming out from the field and still having to continue to serve. Um, any, anything striking you there? You know, the last line, we are unprofitable servants. We have done what we are obliged to do. Like, you know, yeah. What, what, what's, what's well, again, I, I think going into um, the gospel reflection that I had with my compatriots over at St. Joan of Arc this week, I was a little, you know, puzzled about that too because it, it looks like, you know, well, you, you did what you were asked to do uh, you, you kind of sacrificed your own convenience for somebody else, but then again, you are the servant, and he is the master. You know, so. But what I thought I found really interesting from somebody's um, interpretation, and then we kind of we all kind of chipped in on it a little bit, was this is really Jesus saying you have you don't really have the faith that you need to have. You're just basically following the rules. You're doing what you think you're supposed to do. And but what you want is faith. You want faith to be able to move mountains, to to have the you know the the, the tree uprooted, and all those things. And but if all you do is do what you're commanded to do, then what profit is there? You know, if you do what you're commanded to do, and at the end you're done, it's it's almost like a variation on when Jesus says, "If you love those who love you, what merit is there in that?" Well, you know, we think we're all. I'm always nice to the people around me that are nice, but basically, Jesus is saying, "Well, that's good, but but what? There's no profit in that. There's no value in that. That's not what I value. You know, that's not what the Father values. Um, if you're going to serve, you need to do something more than just what you're told to do. You know, and I thought that was. I never heard that interpretation. It was one of the just one of the guys at the table said, "I." I see this as kind of a, you know, a Jesus um, telling people 
don't just do what you're commanded. Look for, you know, and, and then and the more I thought about it, it ties back to this idea about faith is because you're not just asked to go out, you know, and, and talk about Jesus in circumstances where, like, I teach CC, I don't personally, but, for example, if I would teach CCD or, you know, religious education to students, that's the only place I really talk about Jesus. I never really talk about him with anybody else. Well, that's what I'm required to do. But if you're if you have faith and if you believe that you know you're you're becoming the person of Christ for other people in your life then you would share him with other people all the time and again i don't do that and it's probably a lack a lack of faith but again if we just do what we're required to do jesus is kind of saying you know what merit is there now if you just love those who love you if you just do what you're commanded to do well that's good you know it's better than being beaten because you didn't do it <laughs> but it's not what I'm calling you to. It's not the faith, the hope, the love, you know, that I'm that I'm calling you to. It's not the way I live and operate in the Father, you know. So I thought that was really. I didn't. I mean, how many year, years have I read this over, and it's come up in in mass, and it just never that never occurred to me. If you just do what you're required to do, you, at the end, you all you can say is, "I did what I was supposed to do. I'm not very profitable." <laughs> Yeah. And the the note that I put down there next to oblige is uh, you know through relationship. You know, God, it's all about relationship. You know, right. God is reaching right. out to us in love. To have you know, there's a love story. He wants us to be part of it, right? And He wants us to to accept our part in it, which is us receiving His love first and uh, accepting that, and, and then sharing that with everybody else. But as that relationship grows, can we transition from obliged to joyful? Uh, that they, they yeah. were so on fire for our Lord right. that that what was once an obligation mm-hmm. is now looked at with such anticipation right. and such joy. And I was thinking about uh, about Blessed Pierre Giorgio Frassati, mm-hmm. a young guy from from Italy. I think he died when he was only twenty four years old. Right, on fire for the faith. Uh, his dad was not at all. Um, engaged in the faith to the point where he had to sneak out of his house mm-hmm. to go to mass. Yeah, he had to climb out the window, reading the story, go to yeah. mass and then climb back in the window, yep. get back in bed. And he he would, didn't he have to walk some long distance oh, yeah. to get there? Yeah. He, had to, he had to get up like at four in the morning or something yep. to, to get yep. to mass at six or six thirty. And yeah. then walk back, jump in the window yeah. again. So he was on, he had a relationship and he, you know, there's also stories of him, uh, he was a really good athlete, so he would ski, he would mountain climb, he knew how to shoot pool, and he would yeah. he would you know bet his friends if you beat me, I'll pay you. If you if I beat you, you have to come and do a holy hour. Yeah, yeah. And then you know I every Saturday that. there'd be a you know gang a of kids of following guys. him, yeah. following him to uh, to the holy hour. They would when he would go on his trips with yeah. his friends, he would always bring a priest so they can have mass right. every day. So this guy had a relationship with the Lord. Right. So the obligation is you need to be nice to others. You need to treat others as you want to be treated. Right. Love your neighbor. But his sister described him as an explosion of joy. Pierre Giorgio's sister said, my mm-hmm. brother is an explosion of joy. Yeah. So out of joy, he went, without telling anybody, he started taking care of families. He would take care of their, uh, their needs, that, clothes, yeah. uh, food. Pay for their medicine. medicine. Yeah. When he died at 24, I think he contracted something from one of the families he was visiting. Right. Um, when he died, no one knew. I think right. he might have confided in his sister at the end because there was some right. medicine that 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 
Yes, to be it's the out. things that need to be continued yeah. that he didn't want to fall. And and I think if I recall, and it's been a while since I read this story, but were there like over a hundred families he was helping at the time he died, mm-hmm. and he just was asking her to help continue some of the work that needed to be done because yeah. he was and he was taken out of his own mm-hmm. pocket to pay for a lot of the medicines he, for people. And he came from a very prominent family, so yeah. when he would minister to these families, he used a different name because if he used right. his name, right. they would know. So he, I think he was a third order. Something Dominican, okay. By the way, yeah. So you know, he had a a name that he would use, so they wouldn't know that he's from this prominent family. And I think it might have been up to like 150 families, like some amazing number. I know it was over 100. Yeah, could could well have been. Yeah. So he, you know, our obligation as Christians is to look out for our neighbor, right? Right. But he had such a beautiful relationship with our Lord. Yeah. That in what he was doing, although it was an obligation. He was described as a, as an explosion of joy. Yeah, and no one knew until his funeral, when tens of thousands of people showed up. All the families and the people, everybody that he helped, just showed up, and it it that was the seed of the conversion of his dad. Yeah, and he got to the point where when he would come down the steps for for dinner, he didn't want to like show off and make anybody feel bad. He would stop. He would run down. He was like so full of energy. Yeah. He would run down, stop. He would say grace say his prayer before right. a meal outside of the kitchen and then right. their dining room and then go and eat. Um, but that outpouring of love after his death and all the people showing up, that was a seed yeah. that was planted in the dad's heart and, and he came to Christ. Yeah. It's awesome, right? So even though it says obliged, and yes, we are obliged by mm-hmm. this, the fact that we're Christians to do certain things, but what a difference to go from obliged to just right. joyful anticipation to... Reaching out, with, yeah, with God's love, and that adds to me another dimension to the the idea in the first paragraph of faith, because faith is in in relation. You can't have faith in nothing. You got to have faith in some thing or somebody. Usually, somebody's going to deliver. Somebody's going to show up. Somebody's going to be there on time. And I think when that faith gets to that explosion of joy, like you talked about that all of a sudden these things become not only um, possible, but maybe routine, you know? So I, I wonder, we don't have anything like that in the Gospels about Jesus, but I would bet to attract, you know, 5,000 people at a clip, uh, and that was just the men, because of his speaking ability, I would have to believe there's, so, there's got to be something so attractive that you know that it it could be something like that explosion of joy but again i think that's the further refinement the further and i shouldn't even say refinement that further completion of of that relationship that trust relationship in god as i said faith hope and love and it explodes in 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 action and as you were talking about that i'm thinking yeah there's joy in those kinds of things uh even if it's difficult, even if people are pushing back against you, even if you're not getting results right away, even if you know things aren't working the, exactly the way that you expected them to work, you're still you're still on fire. You're still you're still living in you know in the spirit. You're still out there doing what you do because, as you mentioned, it's a relationship with you know you're doing it for Jesus. You're not doing it for recognition or you know anything like that. You're doing it because. That's what Jesus asked you to do, and it brings joy to your heart to do that. What a conversion that has to happen, you know? Because I think about going out and doing the kinds of things that that you just brought up that he did, and I think, oh, 
I can't do that and I can't do this and I can't, but I'm around people all the time, not skiing, not, you know, not doing all the activities that he did, but what about all the things I do? I don't play pool. I don't, but there are opportunities for me to attract people to Christ by being that person, you know? And I really do think that's, that's what we're supposed to leave mass with, right? Like we're supposed to go to learn to be like that from Jesus, from his sacrifice, and then we're supposed to take that out and be be the sacrifice he was for us for other people. And, you know, if if I if we could just get ignited for that, then I, I think the you know, the, 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 the tree will be uprooted, you know, and thrown into the sea. That that'll happen, you know. But uh, in yeah. early a conversation earlier in the week about this uh, led down the road of you know people work and and they want to they don't want to do anything for the money they the, that they earn they're lazy and all this and they're saying well the guy should have worked and he was getting paid and you know what what, what do you expect and I was like well, I don't think Jesus is going there either you know we right you know, if if stewardship is an understanding of the heart that everything's a gift from God if people are brought into our lives and there's an employment relationship or whatever we we need that that person's a gift the time that they're that they're putting towards this project or this employment is a gift, you know. So everything's mm-hmm. a gift. So we don't want to take people for granted, even if they're getting a paycheck. Right. And so we had this conversation, and then after that that gathering, I uh, met up with somebody, and uh, and this person, sa- I said thank you for something, and this person said, you know, I was always taught that you know if you're getting a paycheck, you don't need to don't expect a please or a thank you. Yeah. And I was like, wow. I said no, I. I I don't agree with that. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, you're, yeah. So I think as Christians, we need to transform even the culture of work mm-hmm. that, you know, if someone yeah. that works for you, if you're a supervisor or for someone that, that we need to be like Jesus at the last right. supper where he washed the apostles feet, right. that we need to be there for them. We need to serve them uh, right. in all circumstances <clears throat> and we need to do it. And this is something I'm working on without boasting or complaining. Especially at home right. with our family, yeah, yeah. You know, so many times I'll be doing something, I'll be in the kitchen doing whatever, and I finally get in the living room, sit down. As soon as I sit down, Dad, can you yeah. give me a glass of water? Yeah. <laughs> then it's like, yeah, oh, like the temptation is to be like, you get it, you know, you get it yeah. yourself, uh, or get it, and be like, you know, what do you say? Or you know, that yeah. that can we serve? Can we like this? The whole idea of the apron, and it really struck me that this guy had, a, after working all day, he mm-hmm. had to come home and put on the apron. Yeah. Where do I have the most difficulty strapping on that apron and serving with joy, not out of obligation, but with joy and making mm-hmm. the people feel like they've been served by Christ. So with that, let's keep each other in prayer that we could be the voice, the touch, and the love of Jesus everywhere we go. God bless you all. Amen. Reflections from the Heart has been presented by Stewardship, a Mission of Faith. We hope that you've been blessed and encouraged as you listen to Reflections from the Heart. If so, please consider participating in a Gospel Reflection Group. For more information on locations and times of Gospel Reflection Groups, or how to start a Gospel Reflection Group in your area, and to learn about all of the family of ministries, please visit our website at stewardshipmission.org or call us at 717-367-0100. Stewardship, a mission of faith, 
is a 501c3 nonprofit organization and depends on donations from people like you to make Reflections from the Heart possible. If you've enjoyed this broadcast, please prayerfully consider partnering with us by making a tax-deductible donation by visiting stewardshipmission.org or call us at 717-367-0100. On behalf of all of us at Stewardship, a mission of faith, thank you for listening. And until next time, may God bless, protect, and guide you on your journey home to Him.